Join Bloomberg in San Francisco or virtually on May 7th for The Future Investor, Data-Powered Transformations. This 2024 event series will examine how data is not only playing a pivotal role in investment decisions, but serves as a driving force behind the construction of innovative investable enterprises. This series is proudly sponsored by Invesco QQQ. Register at BloombergLive.com slash Future Investor slash radio. From the Bloomberg Interactive Workers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Thursday, June 22nd. Coming up today. Crews race to find the missing sub near the Titanic before the air runs out. The U.S. and India strengthen military and economic ties. Rates in focus as Jay Powell appears before Congress again and the Bank of England makes a policy decision. And we bring you an exclusive interview with the CEO of Deutsche Bank. New York Mayor Adams announces new guidelines after lithium-ion battery fires. Plus, a New York City board votes for increases in rent-stabilized apartments. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stashauer Sports. The Yankees hit three home runs and a win over Seattle. The Mets lost in Houston. The NBA draft takes place tonight in Brooklyn. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak, the business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast. Each morning on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today. First, we want to keep you updated on the search for that missing submersible near the Titanic. Crews from around the world are zeroing in on underwater noises detected over the past two days. Former Coast Guard Commandant Thad Allen says filtering out the signal from the noise is a tough task. There's animal life. There are other noises that are out there. There are ships operating in the area. So the question is how to localize it and try and understand what it is. Former Coast Guard Commandant Thad Allen says the situation is growing more desperate for the five people on board the Titan. The vessel left Sunday with about 96 hours of air. At this point, they may have just a couple of hours left. Well, Nathan, we turn to geopolitics now. At an important moment in the U.S. relationship with India, President Biden is hosting India's Prime Minister Narendra Modi for his first ever state visit to the White House. Senior U.S. officials say the two leaders will announce a series of defense and commercial deals aimed at improving military and economic ties. They'll also hold a brief joint news conference, a rarity for the Indian leader, before Modi addresses Congress this afternoon. I mean, I'm in Florida, Karen. The federal government's case against Donald Trump is moving forward. Prosecutors are now turning over evidence to the former president's legal team. Amy Morris has details from our Bloomberg 99.1 newsroom in Washington. Evidence is being handed over to the defense as both sides get ready for the August 14th trial date, including grand jury testimony of witnesses set to testify at trial, a 2021 recording of the former president discussing having classified information, other public statements made by Trump, an FBI interview of Trump's personal aide and co-defendant, and pictures of boxes of records at Mar-a-Lago. Both sides are prevented from publicly sharing the evidence that's been turned over, and Trump's attorneys are working on getting security clearances to review any classified material. Washington. I'm Amy Morris. Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Amy, thank you. Well, elsewhere in Washington, the House has voted to censure Adam Schiff. Lawmakers voted along party lines to censure the California Democrat over comments made during investigations into Donald Trump's ties to Russia. Schiff was defiant ahead of the vote, calling out House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. McCarthy would spend the nation's time on petty political payback, thinking he can censure or find Trump's opposition into submission. But I will not yield. Not one inch. Adam Schiff becomes the 25th House lawmaker to be censured. He was the lead prosecutor in former President Trump's first impeachment trial. 
Karen, let's turn from politics now to financial markets. Jay Powell is back in focus as the Fed chair prepares for day two of congressional testimony. Yesterday, Powell told the House Financial Services Committee more interest rate hikes are on the way. Almost every single of the 16 of the 18 participants on the FOMC wrote down that they they do believe it'll be appropriate to raise rates. And and a big majority believes raise rates twice this year. And, you know, I think that's a pretty good guess of what will happen if the economy performs about as expected. Powell's comments come after the Fed paused rate hikes last week for the first time in 15 months. Well, Nathan, not all Fed officials are on board for more rate increases. Atlanta Fed Bank President Raphael Bostic says he supports holding at the current level for the rest of this year. We get more from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. Bostic says it is prudent to give time for inflation to ease in response to past moves. In an online commentary, Bostic said, quote, letting restrictive policy work for a while is prudent because the policy has been truly restrictive for less than a year and it takes time for monetary policy changes to meaningfully influence economic activity. In a later Yahoo Finance interview, Bostic said, quote, my baseline is that we should stay at this level for the rest of the year. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak. Thank you, Charlie. Central banks are also in focus overseas this morning. The Bank of England is expected to raise rates again today, and we get the details from Bloomberg's Ewan Potts in London. Central banks were meant to get boring this summer, but Britain's red-hot inflation may force the Bank of England to press hard on the brakes today. Economists and investors expect the Monetary Policy Committee to push ahead with another quarter-point increase in the base rate to 4.75%, what would be the 13th rise in the hiking cycle. But core inflation at a 31-year high means money markets now place a 40% chance on a bigger half-point increase. It's an anxious backdrop to a mortgage market which has already seen soaring rates this month. In London, I'm Ewan Potts, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Ewan, thanks. So we have some other central bank decisions in Europe to tell you about this morning. Switzerland hiked rates by 25 basis points, and that amounts to the smallest increase since the SNB started tightening policy last year. And Norway went even farther, hiking rates by 50 basis points. That's the largest increase since the central bank's current tightening cycle. Staying in Europe, Karen, Deutsche Bank CEO is out with an optimistic outlook. Christian Savings says he expects trading results to improve in the second half as clients navigate a complex and challenging economy. Speaking exclusively to Bloomberg, the Deutsche Bank CEO said there are also challenges facing the business. With regard to uh, the investment bank, um, we always said that uh, we had a record year. Um, We had an extraordinary strong year in the FIC business in 2022. I still think that actually in Q1 and Q2 we have done well, but the overall market uh, is is a bit weaker than in the record year of 2022. And again, that was Deutsche Bank CEO Christian Saving speaking exclusively with Bloomberg. Stay tuned for more of that conversation coming up shortly. And for that look at other stories making news in New York and around the world, we are joined by Bloomberg's Michael Barr. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. A deadly tornado hit a small town in northwest Texas last night, leaving significant damage in its wake. The mayor of Matadores says at least three people had been killed in the storm, which also damaged and destroyed homes and businesses. The dangerous heat wave across the south has turned deadly. The U.S. Postal Service confirmed a letter carrier in Dallas, Texas, died while delivering mail in the heat. Multiple cities are shattering all-time heat records. South of Houston, crews are racing to repair roads that buckled under the heat. Texas Department of Transportation spokesman Danny Perez says worker safety is being monitored closely. 
making sure they're staying hydrated, making sure that they're aware of their situation, making sure that they're not staying out longer than they need to. Near Corpus Christi, it felt like 127 degrees. Tenants in New York City's roughly 1 million rent-stabilized apartments will face increases of 3% for one-year leases after a tense meeting filled with protesters. The city's Rent Guidelines Board also voted yesterday for two-year leases. Rents will increase 2.75% in the first year and an additional 3.2% in the second year. The rents are expected to increase October 1st. Another lithium-ion battery fire in New York. At least two people were hurt in the blaze last night in Bensonhurst, Brooklyn. The fire that was quickly extinguished comes just hours after Mayor Eric Adams says that New York is taking action after four people were killed from a fire and an e-bike repair shop in Manhattan earlier this week. Adams announced a new action plan to speed up investigations about potentially hazardous conditions involving lithium-ion batteries and bike shops. We need real action, not only on the state level, but on the federal level. There have been over 108 lithium-ion-related battery fires in this city this year alone. Mayor Adams also announced an outreach and education campaign aimed at shop owners about the dangers regarding the batteries. The New York State Legislature has passed a bill to protect abortion providers against being sued from states where the practice is banned. The bill would legally protect doctors ensuring medical providers in the state will be able to provide telehealth services to patients who do not live in New York. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in over 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thank you, Michael. Time now for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Good morning, John Stanshower. Good morning, Nathan. The Yankees, of course, have some big name, high-priced guys. They were not the ones that led them to victory at the stadium. Johnny Brito got the start. Up from the minors, he pitched into the sixth inning, did not allow a run, gave up just two hits. Yanks had only five hits, but three of them left the yard. Here's the payoff. He's not running, and the pitch is swung on and hit in the air to deep right. That ball is high. It is far. It is gone. It's a two-run home run by the Yankee of ours. That's Jake Bowers. And sixth home run for Bowers, Billy McKinney, another left-handed hitting outfielder, just up from Scranton, hit his second as many nights, and later the 10th of the season for the rookie Anthony Volpe. Yankees beat the Mariners 4-2, and they go for the sweep tonight. The Mets lost in Houston 10-8. This game was 9-6, still in the fourth inning. Tyler McGill gave up five runs. Anthony Leone followed, got only four outs, gave up four more runs in defeat. 23rd home run for Pete Alonzo, but the Mets have now lost 13 of their last 17. Cincinnati has won all of its last 11. The Reds' longest winning streak in 66 years, and the Giants won again. They've won their last 10. Big NBA trade just ahead of tonight's draft that takes place at the Barclays Center. Three-team deal saw the Celtics acquire the ex-Nick Kristaps Porzingis coming in from Washington. It cost them Marcus Smart, a Celtic for nine years. Two seasons ago, the NBA's top defensive player, he goes to Memphis. The draft will begin with San Antonio taking Victor Wembenyama, the French phenom. The Nets have back-to-back picks in the first round, 21st and 22nd. The Knicks have stockpiled picks in later years, but tonight, barring a trade, the Knicks will not have a pick. John Stash Network, Bloomberg Sports. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? 
And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. From coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. There's momentum in the business. So says Deutsche Bank CEO Christian Saving. And while he warns of a decline in trading revenue this quarter, he expects results to improve in the second half, pointing to clients currently navigating a complex and challenging economy. Christian Saving sat down for an exclusive interview with Bloomberg's Guy Johnson. Let's listen into that conversation now. The macro uncertainty that has driven markets so much recently. Do you get the feeling that that is beginning to recede? Do you get the impression that you are increasingly on more solid ground? Well, first of all, I think we, we all have to admit that um, if you look what has happened over the last 12 to 15 months in, in the macro um, on the geopolitical side, I think uh, economies have really shown how resilient they are. Um, because uh, a year ago, a lot of people would have yep. uh, uh, said there is a um, quite material recession in Europe, in Germany, uh, potentially also in the U.S. And if we now look back, I, I think we, we see that uh, the answer we have given um, is, is actually showing that we fared quite well uh, over the last 12 to 15 months. Now, I think the situation remains complex. Um, I'm, uh, I, I do believe that with a very persistent inflation, interest will further go up on both sides of the, uh, of the ocean. Yep. And I also do believe, Guy, that um, the interest will then stay a little bit longer elevated than potentially a lot of people think. And that means that um, I still believe that there is a, a chance of a mild recession in the U.S. Um, at the end of uh, 23, early 24, as well as in Europe. You see that uh, Germany is uh, in a technical recession, has been in a technical recession. So um, I don't... I don't believe that we will see a material recession, but I do think that uh, uncertainty still prevails and, and hence um, we need to watch out. And the second half of 2023 is for sure um, a half which uh, um, is still complex and is still challenging. So does that mean that the, the Q2 guidance that your CFO gave a few days back was just a was just a blip. He was talking about uh, fixed income being down 15 to 20 percent. You talk about the fact that the second half is going to see significant uncertainty. That's a good environment for fixed income. So therefore, was the Q2 guidance just a blip? And do you still believe that the full year numbers are going to be better than the numbers that James gave? Well, let's start with the overall bank, and, and there we see a good momentum. Um, that is the strategy of Deutsche Bank, that we says we need a more balanced bank. That was exactly what yep. we wanted to achieve in 2019 when we called out the transformation of Deutsche Bank. And we see the results. We have a very strong corporate bank, um, a very nice uh, developing private bank. And therefore, we can confirm our 28 to 29 billion of revenues for this year. Um, we see the momentum. 
we see a Q2, uh, to be honest, uh, Q2 2023 from a revenue point of view, which is uh, uh, higher than Q2 uh, 2022. So overall, I would say um, this bank is, uh, is faring well. Um, the strategy is paying off. With regard to uh, the investment bank, um, we always said that uh, we had a record year. Um, we had an extraordinary strong year in the FIC business in 2022. I still think that actually in Q1 and Q2 we have done well, but the overall market uh, is, is a bit weaker than yep. in the record year of 2022. But I do believe with some uncertainties, for instance, the debt ceiling issue going away uh, in the yep. US, then with the still complex situation which is in front of us, um, I do believe that um, um, in Q3 and Q4 um, there is momentum in the business on the fixed side, but for us as a strategy of Deutsche Bank it is important that we further balance out the investment bank overall. We have a very strong thick business, we have a very strong DCM business. Yep. What we really wanted to achieve is that also the O&A business is further strengthened yep. and hence we have put a lot of investments into that. So just to, just to wrap this part of the conversation up, it, it is going to be, it, it's going to be an operating environment for the FIC business that is likely to be less good than, next year, than last year. Um, Q2 may or may not be a blip. You still see uncertainty in the second half of the year, which could provide opportunity. So, so on balance, the numbers are likely to be slightly better than the 15 to 20% that James guided to. That's, that's what I would say for uh, um, the coming months and weeks. Uh, again, Q2 was also a particular quarter, yep. given the situation also which we had in the US. We can already see also now in June um, on the most recent days that there is, a, um, that there is momentum in the business. So um, I'm, I'm overall actually quite comfortable also with the FIC business. And, and again, Q2 was a particular uh, quarter. I would say that uh, um, the FIC business in Q3 and Q4 I think there was uh, a slight recovery. You are very good at keeping secrets. <laughs> um, let's talk about the new misacquisition. It, it, for those of us that follow the bank, it caught us all by surprise. I understand you've been working on it for quite some time, but it definitely caught us by surprise. Um, was the offer just too good to refuse? Was the price just too good to refuse? Where did it come from? Where did, where did your decision to go in this direction, the advisory business, come from? Well, I, I just said it in, uh, in, in, in my previous answer. You know, I'm, I'm a big believer and the whole management team of Deutsche Bank is a big believer that we need balanced business, not only for the overall bank. That was the reason why we did the transformation four years ago. Yep. Stable, well-balanced setup with four businesses. In each of those business, I again want to be balanced. And we have a very strong FIC and DCM business where we wanted to further invest is in the ONA business. And, you know, we looked at Numis for a long, long time. And, and yes, we kept the secret quite well. And we think it's an optimal um, addition to our business mix and to our offerings in Europe and in particular in the UK. The UK is from a fee market pool. Um, it's uh, uh, the most lucrative uh, European market. Um, we are adding 170 top corporate clients and it fits beautifully to our global house bank concept. Everybody is only thinking about the investment banking offering. And yes, that's obviously something we are very much interested in and it fits to our existing uh, positioning in the UK. But we have a really well-functioning corporate bank. So we have 170 additional clients yep. with Numis now and we can offer our corporate banking products and at the same time, 
with a private bank where I think we can also do the one or the other thing. So the overall global house bank concept yep. is fitting very well to Numis and therefore we we looked at it very carefully. I'm very glad about the job Fabrizio and the team have done. Um, and now we concluded this and now we need to uh, make the final steps, right? Are you keeping more secrets from me? Are, are there, <laughs> you talk about the other divisions and the fact that you want, to, you want to have balance. Are there other deals in the offering? If another great opportunity came along, are you still interested or, or is the dry powder gone? No, I would say, look, um, I think we are very careful and cautious uh, uh, planning um, team. But of course, we always said that after restructuring and positioning this bank, we are up for growth. And we always said we want to grow in more capitalized products, uh, which is, for instance, the O&A business and yep. the M&A business and the advisory business. But you have also seen that we have done um, senior hires, again, in corporate finance, but also in the wealth management business. Yeah. So. We think that we can further balance out the business at some point in time over two, three yep. years. Um, you know, we want to also and we, we need to plan for a situation that NII is at some point in time again coming down. We need then additional income streams and this bank is planning for that and is investing for that right now. And hence, uh, um, uh, A, I wouldn't tell you about secrets uh, because <laughs> you just said we are good at it, at keeping it, but that there is a clear growth strategy in parts like wealth management. Yep origination advisory, yes, um, uh, we are focusing on that. And with the recent hires, we've seen that. You, you talk about hires in the, on the wealth side, though. Do, do you see the growth there being organic? Do you see it being via acquisition of talent rather than acquisition of businesses? Well, it's, it's, it's both. But um, I do believe that uh, we have now such a nice positioning um, and, and, and uh, such a nice structure that we really do believe that um, if you have a chance to acquire and, and get um, good and great talent um, uh, in, in all kind of regions, this is a really good way in step-by-step -step growing your business. Um, Claudio De Sanctis has done that uh, very successfully in Asia, yeah. um, in other parts of uh, Southern Europe. So that is a, a first way of growing. If Commerzbank ever came back, would you be interested in that acquisition? They have got a huge deposit base, which in this environment is hugely attractive. Well, we also have a huge uh, deposit sure. base. Uh, but put with, the two together, uh, with, it would be even bigger. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I think we have shown also during the recent volatilities in the market how firm and how stable our deposit base is. So that is not a reason uh, uh, to actually think about uh, further enlarging it or acquiring uh, somebody else. I think the full focus of Deutsche Bank is in um, now after successfully delivering the transformation over the last three or four years is now growing uh, into an area where we have a return on equity of uh, larger than 10% in yep. 2025. We are on a good way of achieving that. The first quarter of 2023 has clearly shown the strengths of Deutsche Bank and we can control it by ourselves. We can achieve that by ourselves and uh, that is our focus. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed at 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 99.1 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130.
Plus, listen coast-to-coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.